Hello and welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and tonight I am here for an update. I know it's a little bit late, but just bear with me. So tonight is episode 42, The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, episode 4, season 1. These are our favorite girls. And as you know, I don't use the titles of the show because mine are so much more fun. So tonight we're going to call this episode Chicken, Chinchillas, Betas, and Beef Eaters. It'll all make sense soon, folks. If you watch the show, it should make sense to you already. But we're just going to jump right in because they sure as hell did uh, catching us up from last week. So I don't have much behind-the-scenes gossip this week. Not Nothing really big as it relates to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I am still holding out hope that Bravo is going to come to their senses and put this show on Sunday night to get a bit more of an audience from their Sunday night lead-ins, which are far better than what it gets on Wednesday with the Real Housewives of OC. We know that in overall Housewives news right now, the Real Housewives of Potomac officially ended with quite a bang on Sunday night. I think that was December 6th. They had a supersized episode and ended. And also at the same time, the Real Housewives of Atlanta premiered. They timed this quite well because according to what we're hearing, the Real Housewives of Atlanta starts out a little slow for the first four episodes. You know, you got new characters. We're going to be following some of the things the ladies have had going on. Cynthia at uh, sort of getting deep into wedding plans candy getting her daughter off to college which quite frankly all of this stuff is interesting to me because it's real stuff and um of course some of the things that kenya moore is going through with her husband they are fully dealing with the pandemic situation because they started filming in the middle of summer so unlike some of the other shows that started airing or not necessarily started airing but started filming almost a year ago they will have to fully deal with COVID and and you'll see them living in the world that most of us have gotten to know over the past few months probably it's going to be the same for New Jersey even though that's not coming on into the spring and more than likely for Potomac, which will probably start air uh, start filming um, around February, not too long after their reunion. And um, but anyway, the reason why I brought up that it's going to start kind of slow, from what we understand, that first four episodes is just going to kind of be easing us into it, and then the show will pick up more steam when they go on their first cast trip because they have two um well the second one is really more so when they go i think to charleston for cynthia's bachelorette party and that's when the alleged scandal which i think it's more of a whimper than an explosion happens and 
it works out well in terms of how the programmers there bravo planned it because what they what we will see is we had the first episode airing right before what was the real big hyped episode for the season finale of Potomac. And then Potomac is going to get three, um, it's going to get three episodes for their much hyped reunion. That will coincide with the next three episodes of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, which will come on an hour before the part one, two, and three of the Potomac reunion. So by the time they don't have the Potomac fireworks to give it a little bit of a boost, it won't matter because you'll see at least that fourth episode ramping up to what is supposed to really get the season going in um, uh, around episode five of Atlanta. So that's what the expectation is. I know that people are going to talk a lot of smack about it and say, oh, well, the show is boring and this is because Nene's not there. Well, let me give it to you from Just Jonda. The show has been boring for years and there is nothing that Lanethia Leakes, despite her fans, has added to it. There was several years where she was barely there. And when she came back, she was like a dark cloud. Are you forgetting that two seasons ago she came back and that was a season when Kenya wasn't there, which the show did not do well then either, where she, most people, even her fans had to admit she wasn't their favorite. She um, did not handle Greg being sick gracefully. And in the episodes that aired this weekend when they did a marathon, it also was a reminder that she made Eva's wedding all about her as well. So it's certainly with her friends and their ability to enjoy the festivities because it became all about um, consoling Nini through the wedding. So you had that season. Then the season after, which was last season, again, Dark Cloud, where she didn't really get along with anybody. And by the way, she didn't get along with Tanya the season. The Tanya, the so-called friend that she brought on the show, by the end was cussing her out and nasty to her at the reunion. Anyway, by the end of the last season, didn't get along with anybody. Yes, there you can always count on her to have some cute lines in the um in the confessionals, but as far as interaction with the women and really bringing a storyline of her own other than Greg being sick, you haven't had one in years. A couple of years ago, uh you know, you had the situation with Kim coming back, some stuff that went on with that, but that was a beef pretty much everybody had with Kim. She was just the one who, Nene was just the one who primarily went in at the reunion. So I say all that to say, it, it, not to disparage uh, Nene Leakes in any way for the Nene fans, 
the show is long in the tooth. They have had the same group of women for a very long time. And unlike the other franchises, especially the some of the ones that have some of the same women, this cast, with the exception of Candy, doesn't really have money like some of the women in the other franchises, which is really what the Real Housewives franchise was originally supposed to be about, us seeing the fabulous lives of the so-called fabulous women. And I think that people forget that that is the true purpose of this show. The Atlanta women came into the franchise and made it their own, which is great because it's it's the has been the highest rated in the franchise. But they made it their own in a different way because yes, they did do some Bougetto fabulous events here or there, but unlike the other franchises, it's not where the money is. So you got more characters. But after a while, you get kind of tired of the characters. A lot of us who started out with them have outgrown it, especially when it doesn't change. Um, and so it's really funny because some people talk about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Oh my gosh, it's too over the top and, you know, fake and whatever. That is what the Real Housewives is supposed to be about. You don't watch these shows to necessarily see real life. It's interesting, but I can call up one of my girlfriends and see all that. So uh, I think you have to remember where it came from and what it's supposed to be about. And if you change what the show is to fit what you are, which is what Atlanta did, which is great, which was great in its heyday, and it can't maintain that because it gets old and stale and you're tired of looking at the same people and the same reads and the same drama and the same recycled conflict. It's going to get old. And really, it's kind of gotten old with a lot of them. Overall, the ratings for all of them are down and not a little bit a lot which also plays into why the network has been slicing and dicing over there with these housewives and these big salaries because what they're offering doesn't necessarily match that so you're seeing them switch uh them you saw them switch uh if you followed the behind the scenes to a um a per episode payment and how that for some of them was really going to impact them you saw some of the women who were the ogs um get offered a different kind of contract if they weren't working with the network in some other way um it like tamra or um what's her name vicky vicky gundelson so and and of course with nini when things between her and the network weren't exactly going as swimmingly as they used to be not to mention um the fact that 
the ratings for the show were no different whether she was there for six episodes eight episodes or 12 out of the 24 it just didn't make sense for them to keep paying her the same kind of money now i get the offering of six episodes uh, i could understand where she may have been insulted by that but the salary change i get it and you know it's it's reality television not a network show they all have their ebb and flow so i didn't i said i didn't have much behind the scenes on the real housewives of salt lake city but did have some on kind of the direction that the other shows are going on generally so let's get to our girls in salt lake city as i said chicken chinchillas betas and beef eaters we pick up at the party i must say i loved this party and i'm gonna get into it later with some heifers that had the nerve to criticize it i loved this party it was prohibition themed they did it in a room that was like you know this is the type of room that you would go in during prohibition because you aren't going to have the liquor and the women and all of that out in front of everybody you're going to have it in a back room so kind of like a speakeasy within a reputable bar that was so cool and even the more um the more body aspects of it despite some of the women feeling like oh that's just whitney being whatever you know they're always trying to put down whitney whitney was right on point i mean do a little bit of research when you're talking about prohibition anything that is prohibited is what you're going to be seeking part of the reason for prohibition is of course there was the whole uh, the whole liquor thing but the main piece of it behind it all was this puritanical notion that if you stopped people from vices like alcohol that you could that would be the key to helping to cure some of the growing ills in society particularly the things that went on in larger cities now of course we know from just studying human behavior that the when you have people all together and they come closer together and you have these cities growing and more money and more industry and more ways to do things quicker and easier um even with women getting more rights and everybody working together in in different workplaces and the sexes mixing you're going to have vices anyway in fact you tend to have the more people, the more vices. So that was, I mean, there's some other reasons as well. But again, in if you do a little bit of research, you will see that that was at least part of the notion um, behind prohibition. Um, it, it, it was it was almost like, okay, we're going to cleanse our society by getting rid of something that makes people lose their inhibitions so when you go when you have a party during prohibition it's not just about people sitting around drinking there's hookers and dancers and 
people who are maybe a little more sexually free. You have, quote, loose women and lewd men. And all of those things are okay. You basically have the place where people would go on, um, gosh, what is, uh, you know what I'm talking about, uh, with Serena Joy, the handcraft's tale, I mean, the handmaid's tale, you know, you have the places where people go to have a good time. You have the place where the pillars of society go after hours to get their freak on. So Whitney's party was right on point. And I know I went down the rabbit hole on that, but hell, it's prohibition. Let's party. So you have Jen come in with the dress that I loved. I love the pearls on the back. I felt the train was too long. We talked about that last week. Probably more of a puddle train would have been better with that, but everybody looked okay. Whitney, adorable. Um, it, you, Jen came in. She saw the ladies sitting around the table, but of course zeroed right in on the fact that Mary just happened to be sitting next to Meredith. Um, Despite the fact that I think Mary gets a kick out of, as we saw later on, very deliberately so, it's, it seems to be getting a kick out of the whole sticking it to Jen with the Meredith thing. I don't think that that was deliberately done at the party. I think they were all just sitting at a table and that was that. My girl Heather was waiting on her food. She specifically said she wanted her lollipop chicken drumsticks. Heather once again proving why she is one of the chicks that I would absolutely be rolling with. I would be rolling with Heather and be going to the parties with Whitney. That is how life for me would work in Salt Lake City because Heather may have some hangups, but Heather likes to get it in. And Heather makes no secret of the fact that she likes to get it in when it comes to her food as well. Not mad at your girlfriend. Jen went right over to the table and immediately asked, I'm sorry for the paper moving around, immediately asked to speak to Meredith. Meredith, being gracious, not... Um, I'm not sure. I think she probably thought at the time it was going to be more about the slumber party that didn't happen as opposed to what it ultimately ended up about. And I was very disappointed in Jen on this because I do like her. I know that some folks are who started out team Jen maybe shifting. I do like her and it's not because I, I buy into everything, but I just, uh, it's just cringeworthy to me when I like somebody and I can see them doing other things that's going to turn everybody on them and it makes it hard for me to defend because her behavior was ridiculous. It She took it straight to middle school. Why are you friends with her if you're friends with me? There's I, I'm not even going to go with it go at it word for word. The bottom line is I don't want you to be friends with her if you're going to be, uh, if you're my friend, then you're not her friend. And you see how difficult it was for me to even try to get that out because it's so incredibly ridiculous. So that's pretty much what happened there. It was silly. I so appreciated Meredith's comment and probably because it is so me. 
and I, I wrote it down. She said, I don't engage in other people's conflicts unless I think I can help resolve it. I have to give her a round of applause on that one. If I don't think that I can help with your bullshit, I don't want to be involved in your bullshit. So I, I, I'm with her on that um, because there is nothing that she was going to be able to say or do to fix anything at that point. Even if she tried, Jen was all wound up. Not to mention the fact that I also believe that her... Um, somewhat confusion was genuine when she said, wait a minute, the last time I was in the room with these two heifers, they hugged it out. So if there's something still going on, how would I have known about it anyway? So I gathered the last time that Mary and Meredith, I mean, I'm sorry, Jen and Meredith were together. Jen did not fill Meredith in on the fact that she was still not completely over the situation with Mary. And then remember on the ski trip, things went down, at least at their little dinner, things went down a completely different path uh, with the ladies because they were dealing with the Whitney, Heather, Lisa thing. And Meredith was a little bit more engaged in that because she was trying to give the, some advice. So um, it was it was really unfortunate, but I do appreciate uh, Meredith moving away from it. Whitney went over to speak to her because she didn't want to make Jen upset. Uh, my girl Heather was still waiting for her food, obviously. I also must say I don't like the idea of anyone feeling like they are held hostage by someone else's behavior or feelings because what I got from both Whitney and Heather at, at different times, but during that whole scenario, was that both of them felt like they could not at least in at some point where they felt comfortable say something to um that they couldn't they couldn't walk away from it without saying something to Jen because at some point whether it was that night or some other night that Jen was going to be upset with them f that okay it, i'm i'm not getting that worried i'm not being held hostage by somebody else's feelings and love you jen at that point you were looking real hella crazy your makeup was shiny it started to make you look like some kind of bizarre wax figure and i wasn't feeling it so boohoo cuckoo kachoo she gets really angry and yells that Mary is a grandpa fucker. Now, granted, she is, <laughs> but and I and I did feel a little kind of funny about the ladies, sort of, uh, you know, in in the in everybody's confessional, almost kind of making the situation like, oh, it's not that bad, um. No, I think the problem is that she yelled it out, which quite frankly, Jen, when you yell out something like that, unless you're not angry and you two are reading each other and going back and forth and, and she says something to you like, um, you were a Tongan princess, but now you look like 
something that should be in Madame Tussauds and she came back at you and said, okay, and if I look like I should be in Madame Tussauds, Grandpa Fucker, I want to know why you started out looking like Candy Burris and now you are, you look like Latoya Jackson with a couple of chromosomes missing. Now, if it were that kind of conversation, I am totally here for it because I've got a million of them. I mean, I could read these two all day long and one of them I actually like. But I think it was more about time and place. But again, my girl Heather, when she comes in with the zinger and said, what's the big deal? I fucked a few grandpas. <laughs> big deal. But it was... um she uh she said but if it was my grandpa I was married to I wanted I wouldn't want it yelled out at a party so Heather kind of acknowledged it bottom line is you can mess with all the zaddies you want boo but if the zaddy you messing with also used to run up in your grandma yeah I wouldn't want that yelled out I mean but otherwise you can yell I'm a zaddy fucker okay if they got a little bit of money whatever i'm sure that's what heather was thinking she just didn't say it but girl you were speaking it for the rest i understand so ultimately they take jen out all that dress and all which of course when somebody is is tripping and clearly drunk there's no question she was drunk i mean jen was probably had to be getting lit on her way there because she was three four seven shades to the wind so at that point, when you when you got that much dress that people have to take you out in a fabric that looked like it was maybe, and I don't say this in a bad way, I'm just talking about how heavy it was. It looked like it may have been a heavy jacquard and lined. That was a whole lot for somebody else to have to carry around for you because you can't, you're unsteady on your feet and tripping. And then she's yelling outside. Sharif, who I'm not even sure if he was on the phone when she called him, but he manages to pull up, pick her up, and she gets in the car. And all I can say for that is there's two there's two scenarios at play here. Either A, this is not the first time for Sharif to make that pickup so it doesn't even phase him one way or the other, or B, which is still probably a little of A, I fully, fully believe that everything about this confrontation from the from her coming in the door to pulling Meredith over to continuing with the drama outside, there is not one second of this confrontation that I uh, don't believe a producer was fully involved in and fully pumping her up to do for good footage i i just i just have a hard time believing that everything from the way that she came in the fact that meredith got up the different ladies going over there um to her calling sharif and then you know, her being outside and then the uh, a rather rough cut, in my opinion, from her yelling at Heather to um, Sharif just magically pulling up. I think that this was one of those 
things um, and we're going to put this, we're going to chalk this up to um, inexperience on the part of the women. Unfortunately, I think that Jen is a lot of big personality to begin with and does and overproducing her pushes it too far and is going to lend itself to her being unlikable to the point of Nene Leakes season 11 and 12, as opposed to a gradual workup to that. Now, will she be, if this show gets to season two and three, will she be here as long as uh, her husband says it's okay and she doesn't have a problem with the contract? Bravo is going to offer her one. How that is going to work with the fans and playing off of other castmates I guess we'll see. I will say that um, when you look at some of these shows and see the conflicts that have gone on over the years, and I think it's just, um, quite frankly, uh, this is one of those things where I'm going to take a little bit of privilege and say that sometimes is just the nature of some people versus others. I do feel like when you look at these shows generally, the white women tend to do, uh, tend to resolve their conflicts, even if superficially for the sake of filming together, a lot quicker and just overall effectively than the cast on the black shows or or the ones with the majority black cast typically on those shows when you are out you are out and that's just the nature of sisters of which i am one like you know most of the time when we're done we're done um i i've tend on the flip side i tend to see that even if superficially the uh women of the Caucasian persuasion being a little bit more willing to uh, try to figure out a way to pull it together, even if just for filming and if they just have continued conflict, then fine. And as long as the fans are willing to watch it, then Bravo is willing to show it. Uh, so that being said, given who Jen is on the cast with, I think that her having someone to film with is not going to be an issue. I think that um, her and Mary have pretty much been pitted as um, mortal enemies from the jump, or at least her with Mary. Mary really, uh, for the large part, has been behaving in a manner that comes off as unbothered. And despite uh, some issues that I may have with Mary and uh, even outside of the outside of the show gossip, but even some of the things that she's done and said on this show, when it comes to someone coming at you like that, that's really the best way to play it. Because ultimately, even if you are the biggest bitch in the world, if you behave like you are unbothered and the other person continues to be bothered, then you get to sit back and basically uh, relish in them looking crazy without you having to even lift a fingernail that is um and that's not just mary's uh tactic i think that is lisa's tactic as well now lisa of course in her interactions with 
um, Whitney and to a lesser degree, Heather was a little bit more overt because she, she actually made some comments and uh, made some uh, kind of callous comments to them, like letting her know, letting them know, I really don't give a shit about you. And again, as I said a few weeks ago, I fully believe that she warned <laughs> um, Whitney in a not so subtle way on the phone about her quote lifestyle unquote. Um, whereas. Mary has already said what she's had to say. And then, of course, she throws some additional shade in the um, in the confessionals that, of course, we know are going to. Excuse me, that are going to come back at her uh, at the reunion. But ultimately, for the most part, her just treating it like you i'm i'm so unbothered by all of this or doing that whole big eyed thing like oh my gosh and just kind of throwing her shade in other settings well you get the point okay so party's over um i don't think the whole thing about the sleepover is a big deal we talked about that last week i think brooke is on some bs um meredith uh with the daughter thing I kind of get what um, what Jen was saying about, okay, you're going to stay at this party till midnight and then you still have to have the sleepover with your daughter. Again, I, I don't think that it's the greatest move to get into a conflict or an argument or whatever it is with someone when they use spending time with their child as an excuse because there's no way to kind of refute that with a person without you coming off looking like you're callous or stupid or whatever but behind closed doors. It's some bullshit. That's the kind of conversation that me and my girlfriends would have had um, when Meredith wasn't around to be like, okay, now you know she is on some crap because her she is not even going to get home until after midnight. She's going to be asleep and knocked out or whatever. So how is that actually spending time with her daughter. Now, if she wants to be home in the morning so that she could do a big send off, then okay. But eh. again, you can't win having that conversation with the person. But yeah, behind her back. Yeah, me and my friends would have talked about it. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, what else? And, and, you know, we know that has to do with the whole Brooks thing. So it just made it worse. Um, when she told them about it the next day um meredith needs some more friends because if she doesn't have anybody else to talk about this stuff to then apparently she's not as close to these women a uh, quick note when jen went out to get uh, when uh heather went out to get jen jen told them to make sure that her burgers and her chicken were still on that table again getting applause housewife of the night make sure you do not mess with my food that is the worst thing when you have to get up 
especially when you have to get up and it doesn't have anything to do with you. I go to a lot of functions and a lot of times I'm involved in a manner that may involve me speaking or whatever. And there's nothing worse than not only has your food come, but I've got it, you know, I've taken my time and I've got whatever needs to be sliced and seasoned. I got my bread buttered up. I got my tea nice and, you know, got my lemon squeezed in it and my one Splenda and my, my two sugars. And I am just, oh, uh, I barely had a chance to take one good bite. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I've done all my decorating and <laughs> making sure everything is where it needs to be. And I am like, yes, I am ready. And then I got to get up and go to the mic. And then if there are multiple presentations going on, or even like I said, if it, like with Jen, you get called out to for a friend or something and you're like, nobody touch my food. It's same thing with my salad. Nobody touched my salad. I like my salad. Don't let it be the bomb salad with some balsamic vinaigrette or something like that. And again, I've got it ready. I've sliced my tomatoes. I've done my whole deal. And then I have to move. And then they're collecting salads to put down the entree. You better figure out a way to move my salad and sit that entree right next to it because I'm eating my damn salad. Do not mess with me. And the dessert, even if I don't like it, I at least want to taste it. So it better be at the table when I get back. I'm with you, Heather. Again, we're rolling together. So Lisa and Meredith go, this was this was a quickie. Lisa and Meredith go to, uh, I think it was a museum. And Meredith tells Lisa that she and her husband are separated. I have a hard time believing that Meredith told Jen this months ago and hadn't told Lisa didn't seem terribly authentic. Maybe it was. I know that for me, what was the funniest, which is prob which probably contributed to it not seeming terribly authentic, is watching the pains that both of these women went through attempting to make their faces move so that they could cry. They both tried so hard to get those frozen uh, you know, filler, Botox, frozen tear ducts to work. Um, bless their hearts. It was cute. Um, I think it was just one of those things to just reinforce the fact that those two are really friends. I don't think I really had any doubt that they were friends. You can never really tell much with Lisa, but, um, I think by, certainly, uh, by the end of episode two, um, it was clear that they were friends and probably not necessarily just on a superficial level. Just if nothing else, you could tell um, from the way that Meredith was very um, much in defense mode about Lisa when it came to Heather and Whitney. And I think it really says something about a person or more importantly, how they feel about a person when it's not even just that she was defending her, but she, her main point was that she wanted them to see the best in her and to see the person that she sees. Next, we go to Mary's house and, you know, this is one of the few times I actually agree with Lisa that Mary's house is, um, I, are we going to call it eclectic? 
No, because eclectic still has some level of style. Fraser Crane's house was eclectic. Mary's house was very much like the Mary we see, a little kind of all over the place. Mary's house was like her hair, unexplainable. It just a little bit of everything going on, especially that front piece that she can't seem to get together. I know I did have some behind the stuff with that. Speaking of hair, I have a friend who I was speaking with and who knew, wait a minute, did I tell you all this week, last week? Nope, told you this last week. The fact that Mary at one point, well, did hair. Yeah, look at the hair. Okay, so um, Lisa goes to see Mary. Of course, they did a recap of the event. Mary just kind of, poo-poos off the whole thing about being called a grandpa fucker and and that's fine see I said it with the GG that time and you know and that's fine I mean because when you're in that situation what are you gonna do I'm sure it's not the first time it's been said to her it won't be the last I am absolutely as sure as the nose on my face that she got called much worse uh but between the people in her church and certainly the people in her own family who are still in litigation with her husband and I guess to a lesser degree her because or to some degree her because she's married to him so uh I, I don't think that that phased her much one way or the other so she talked so they got into this conversation again about her son and the girlfriend now this whole thing was really weird where she said that for the girl for valentine's day he bought her a chinchilla i'm assuming a coat not an actual chinchilla for her birthday he got her a puppy i'm gonna tell you now don't buy no damn puppy for me or for my kids unless you plan on keeping that puppy at your house for them to come visit i'll be buying no damn pet and dog from my house what the hell is wrong with you that's that's that, that make that boy look as crazy as, as his mama and then a Prada purse for her birthday now I gotta tell you or not a birthday uh what was this the birthday was a puppy so it must be oh it's the holidays so uh I guess Christmas now I gotta tell you my mom was not having it when it came to gifts uh from the opposite sex as as a teenager as far as she was concerned and i didn't understand it then but i certainly understand it now and my daughter is going to have to suffer the same fate uh it needed to be relatively simple with a reasonable price point yes it could be a little bit more than what you might do at um uh, a little bit more than what you might do for white elephant or for your gift exchange for secret santa at school um because it's it's your boo but you don't get to buy folks baubles and beads as far as my parents were concerned or my mother because that's who i dealt with, with that kind of stuff um so definitely not even going to have that conversation with my daddy but it was um as far as she was concerned it was an invitation to something else now i don't necessarily get that from mary's son he seems a, a bit uh goofy to me that doesn't mean that he and his girlfriend aren't getting it in but i don't really want to think about that we know that kids from all walks of life when they think they're in love do all kinds of things 
but um certainly with my mom with uh the the old school thought on that and and i'm i'm inclined to be with her that it is a, it's a promise of something more um and then i i kind of give the side eye to the parent who uh allows it but again i suppose if they are all living kind of on the same level if you will then maybe it's not terribly unusual um but i don't know because even a cheap product bag if it's brand new is gonna run you at least a g so that still seems like a lot but who knows it uh, clearly it's the land of doing too much and we've all seen some of the super sweet 16 with the celebrity kids we've certainly seen some of the bridal and baby shower gift registries for some some of the celebrities out there so who knows i never forget when uh, joan rivers daughter was getting married and one of the items on her um on her uh, registry at, uh, I think it was like, maybe Williams-Sonoma, but either way, it was like her hooded range. It was like her Viking range. So, you know, I guess it all depends on how you live in. Next, we see Jen going to Heather's again. This is one of those things that gets me right back with Jen because she knows whether you're coming to my house or I'm coming to your house, some food is coming. And if and I'm coming to your house and I'm still having some food delivered because we don't, if we don't do nothing else, we're going to eat. And she talked a little bit about um, her relationship with her husband. Heather, for one, has been very much on the uh pushing the idea and i agree with her to a certain extent that a lot of what is going on with jen is really much bigger than any one conflict with any one friend and especially meredith in this instance who she despite the fact that we see her more with jen i still get the impression or at least I had the impression that there was some kind of genuine friendship there probably not anymore after this episode because despite the apology Meredith if Meredith saw the episode she saw Jen's confessional and the really unfortunate thing uh reason that Jen gave for telling um, Heather about Meredith's separation when quite frankly, she could have simply got away with telling her that without saying that it was on some get back shit because if Heather is one of my closest friends, then of course I'm gonna tell her something as juicy as one of our other friends are separated. Especially if um, in the group she is more or less my official bestie you should probably expect that we're going to pretend that i haven't told her but i probably have it just is again she put her foot in her mouth in the confessional in a way that she didn't have to because again she could have told heather and probably for the purposes of filming had already told her but just 
told her again and hyped it up to this whole, um, you know, I'm going to get her back for not being a good friend to me. It was stupid. It was immature and unfortunately, and, and among other things, terribly unnecessary because she, you could have gotten away with telling Heather by merely saying, she's my best friend. She's going to keep my secrets. She's also my best friend who cares about you. So she's not going to take it any further. Yes, I did betray your confidence, but it's someone who cares about the both of us. And again, she's my best friend. So it, it is what it is. Next, um, oh, and then they really talked more about Jen being lonely, some of her issues with Sharif. I will say this. I think that for all the people who are predicting that Sharif and Jen will be the next housewives divorce, I don't necessarily think so. Because if you look at some of the couples in the past who ended up getting divorced, you did not see the same level of camaraderie between those couples as you do with Jen and Sharif. Um, with some of those couples, the cracks in the fissure, uh, the cracks in the foundation was fairly e uh, easy to see. They looked like they weren't necessarily feeling each other all that much, just like any average couple so that is dealing with just the slings and arrows of marriage, and then perhaps the show and the wife getting a boost of confidence and having a life of her own and some celebrity status may have pushed things to their breaking point, but things weren't necessarily honky-dory to begin with. I don't see that with Jen and Sharif. Sharif, for as much as there may be times that Jen gets on his nerves, he also seems genuinely amused by her. Even when he was in the scene with her about the party and she says the party was no big deal, he seemed like his attitude was like, eh, it's Jen. Um, the fact that she uh, talked about talking to him on a regular basis, even if she doesn't get to see him, and not only do they talk, but that he actually gives her personal pep talks. There are many people who have gone a lifetime without getting one pep talk from a spouse. And, you know, and yet he's doing it with her. And it doesn't matter the fact that he's a coach and does pep talks all the time. You know how many coaches don't give pep talks to their wife because they're about to go somewhere with their girlfriends and need their husband to pump them up about going to going somewhere with their girlfriends, especially if he's a coach and is just a football coach, mandy man, whatever. And the pep talk he's giving his wife is, uh, is about going, uh, about how she should approach a situation with her friends. That speaks to me about um, a level of communication and friendship that they have that is probably part and parcel of why she is so lonely when he's not around because he truly is that thing for her um and i'm not just talking about physical attraction but um that centering person that person that makes her 
feel solid and steady. And, and she more or less said that, not in those exact words. So I don't see them taking some terrible turn down housewife divorce lane. And they're also a little bit older in a different environment. And, and they just, quite frankly, when you see them all together, especially in that first episode, they seem like a genuinely nice unit uh, together. Uh, nice boys uh, doing something with themselves, very respectful of their parents, which was very uh, obvious in the first episode. That's one of the things that stood out. I was like, wow, good job on those boys uh, or young men rather. So um, I, I kind of get why she misses him because Given the, the camaraderie that seems to exist between them, you would miss that, especially if that person centers you. And he didn't always have this position. So there may have been a time where he was home more or at least uh, didn't travel quite. Well, maybe didn't travel quite as much given um, his position. Now, um, the whole thing about missing her dad's funeral, I do think that she's holding on to that. Understandably so. That might be something they need to talk about. And maybe uh, him seeing it on the show, if they didn't already, they have now. Because that is serious. Especially given that her father was um, clearly someone that she was close to. And now you are the man left in her life and to not be there and to have a game. Mm. And now I'm hearing he's not even a head, co head coach. He's like one of the special teams coach. Um, even if you were the head coach, come on. But, uh, and it may not be your parent, but I think most people recognize if it is your, if it is the mother or father of a spouse, that that is the next best thing to being your own parent when it comes to uh, you showing a level of respect uh, for losing them. So I, I, I'm not with you, Sharif, on that one. Um, her mentioning throwing Meredith an $85,000 party girl at least 40,000 of that party was for you because Meredith doesn't seem like she'd be the type looking for tongue and dancers, even if you asked her. Okay. So, um, uh, Mary decides she's going to have a brunch and because she wants a more intimate event where the ladies can get together. As I mentioned earlier, there were folks throwing shade at Whitney's party. That was Lisa and Mary, of course. Um, I'm with Heather on this one. I mean, just MVP of the episode for me. When Heather said, uh, I mean, yeah, we're going to go. I appreciate that she's having the event, but clearly Mary doesn't quite get the Met Gala because um, the Met is a place. The gala has a theme that changes every year. And uh, yeah, so you got a Met Gala during the daytime. That is a luncheon where nobody is dressed up necessarily like Met Gala attire. And I think the theme, in my opinion, was just too much of a whole lot of themes. There were elements that were nice just in terms of, you know, 
just a pretty restaurant and it being cleared out, which it would be anyway for filming. Um, and it, 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 but it was a lot. I definitely, I'm not big on the fish thing on the table. I've been to events where people have done it. If it is one place in the middle of the table, like a centerpiece, uh, a centerpiece, you know, maybe a floral centerpiece and you've got um, maybe some koi fish or something in there, something like really beautiful borderline exotic in, in there. I might be, uh, I might flow with it, but pretty much some fish that look like betta fish in containers and one in each space. The only thing I could think of is thank God they had all those floral arrangements on the table because I, it, all I could think of is that it, it had to smell a little bit. Um, it's not like you can have the thing completely enclosed. The fish would die. So mm. now the attire uh heather i can't remember i think she just wore a suit uh whitney always gives me a good lbd little black dress for those of you who don't know um i'm good with that um lisa and meredith did not stand out to me one way or the other mary the the crazy patterned red dress that was long and prairie-ish and the, of course the umpteen the extra jewelry and the hair and all that. I honestly gave her the benefit of the doubt and thought that that was what she was wearing as she was preparing the event. I've thrown and been involved in uh, many events, planned, worked on planning teams, whatever, and I am always wearing something else right before. If, if you don't, if you see me twice during an event or at the very, very beginning, maybe if you got there early and see me later on during the events, chances are you're going to see me in two different outfits because I'm, I'm probably not the, one of the last people to throw on my attire rebeat my face and hair and everything now hair of course you gotta have done in advance because i'm not setting up an event in my clothes and in this case you are the one who wanted to show everybody that you had more class than everyone else with this met gala themed event and you are wearing a laura ingles nightmare sort of in the laura ingles style but the colors being a nightmare. It's just very strange. And I guess I gave her too much credit because I really did think that that was just my, I'm going to throw this on when I get ready. Uh, another thing that we see with Mary once again is that when she is not really conscious of putting it on and is just kind of, really just being herself, the nastiness comes out. Just like when she was in that confessional and said the thing about uh, the aunt and not eating well, should drink more water. I got that here. When she gets even remotely aggravated or just kind of, you know, we all do it where you just maybe get a little too comfortable and maybe not really watching 
cautiously every single word that comes out of your mouth, the real the real you shows up. And when she snapped at those two people who were helping her set up and said, can't you read? I really do hope that there was an apology that was cut out um, of that, but it, it was just a nasty thing to say. Um, them showing up and seeing the beef eaters outside in the red carpet was just really funny to me because then again, I thought, well, maybe that's the theme. And then, but then I remembered, you know, that's not what it looked like inside. So, um, yeah, that, that was interesting. Um, Jen showed up slaying the girls with the clothes. She is going to give you an outfit, whether it is appropriate for the event or not. I actually was fine with her outfit being appropriate for the event because it was a fancy luncheon. So, and, and it wasn't clear what they were supposed to wear. So there was really nobody dressed that it made sense. I mean, for what Mary said the event was going to be, Jen and um, I think Heather, I just can't remember very much, but definitely Whitney, they were probably the most dressed up for what they thought the event was going to be. I think Jen's was right perfectly on the nose in the middle because if it was, if it was really high end the way it was touted in terms of Met Gala, full on whatever, she had a fur with the suit. She had the jewelry. It was, the, so it was all good. So, but if it's just going to be a luncheon that you're calling the Met Gala, but everything's really pretty and whatever, it still worked because it was a badass suit. And again, she had the the fur and whatever. Hell, if she really wanted to take it there, I wouldn't have been mad at her if she threw on a fedora. But um, yeah, so it, that was fine fashion. We really didn't get too far in this. Bravo uh, has done a very good job with this franchise of giving us pretty much a major event every episode and making sure that we have some to carry over to the next one just in case we don't have a full major event that episode but so far we have we had the party in episode one like the birthday party in episode one um ski trip dinner blah 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 in episode two episode three we had uh going to church with mary which is still kind of a big event even if we didn't have the um the speakeasy event but we did and then, of course, today we had the the actual meat and potatoes from the Speakeasy event, the start of this one. And, uh, you know, of course, we'll finish it up next week. The prayer, Mary Girlfriend. The, the, between the voice and all of that, even if it was sincere, you lost it when you went just with the voice breaking and all of that and um Jen saying amen that would have been me in fact with some of those pauses I probably would have said amen sooner not out of rudeness I unfortunately have been in a situation where I'm like amen oh sorry you're still gone um 
And uh, Jen talked about her background and some of those things. Uh, I, I know that some people, I listened to some bloggers and had an issue with the fact that she said she was treated like she was black and it seemed like she had issues with that. I didn't think she had any issues with that at all. She's made clear that um, it, it, it makes sense given that she is in Salt Lake City. She's not in New York. She's not in Philly, DC, whatever. She is in a place where obviously there are black people, but it is still very, very, very white. And of course, someone coming there with dark skin and clearly not white would be treated as a person of that it the way that they are treated is going to stand out to them and perhaps what she is really getting at but saying it in a way that uh she hopes would be less offensive is that because i got it right away is that they were treating her the same way she saw them treating the black people and instead of saying that and it causing a whole other conversation, she simply says, they looked at me like I was black. I got exactly what she said. I saw, I see the way black people were being treated and the way they treated me, they treated me the same way as they treated them. Because if she was treated differently, i.e. like she was black, isn't that what she's saying? Stop, you know, trying to make it seem like a person is going in a direction that they're not. What she said was very clear. Um, I So again, I get what she's saying. I get where her fight comes from. I get why she is so, um, I, I get why she is about her family. I also think that between the footage we saw in the first episode, and I really wish they would show it again, the footage we saw in the first episode of the when and how Mary made that comment has been completely lost in all of the arguments because it people are forgetting that Mary did not make the comment directly to her. She made it to another person about the things in Jen's space. She was in like a closet area of hers. You have to remember they showed footage from six months before. So I, I think that there, yes, is being blown out of proportion, but I also think that there is a little bit of confusion uh, for the, the viewers about exactly what happened. Blown out of proportion, absolutely not. I mean, ultimately, if you feel that strongly about it, just don't fuck with her. It, it's really that simple. She, You have friends and she's just not one of them. And if she's a part of the group, you pay her dust just like you're paying, just like she's paying you dust. Because quite frankly, she's not really going out of her way to speak to you either. Every scene we have seen of them together, every scene we have seen, ah, every scene we've seen of these two together, Mary's not going out of her way to speak to Jen. It, it was my understanding from episode one, comment notwithstanding, Jen said it herself that their friendship had fallen off over the past several months. Now, whether that had anything to do with the comment or just one of those things, I suppose we'll never know. But their friendship 
is not what it used to be. And it's clear that that is on both sides, comment notwithstanding. But you all are both part of this group and of course on this show, but more importantly, if we're going to, you know, let's, let's not break the fourth wall and just say you're a part of this group for the purposes of the illusion. You just ignore her the same way that for the most part, she seems to be ignoring you. She's not inviting you anywhere or calling you on the phone or whatever. You guys fell off. So just leave it as fell off. Friendship, season, reason, lifetime. Pick a category, put her in it, and move on. So it's going to continue next week. Obviously, uh, Mary was offended because Jen apologized to Meredith. Not really sure if that's going to matter very much because Meredith uh, appears to be a bit turned off in general. So even if she was willing to um, let it go and, and open up, for want of a better way of putting it, open back up to the friendship, it's it doesn't even matter because things seem to have taken a turn that even though it may not necessarily involved her, it's the same type of behavior that she considers to be a turnoff. So I, I'm not really sure if that relationship is going to go anywhere. And then, of course, when it comes out that Jen told Heather whether it comes out because of Heather and Whitney opening openly discussing it like they did in the car or, you know, they coexist through the rest of the season and, you know, we see the fallout and the reunion you know, we pretty much know the direction that it's all going. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It seems like uh, when you look at the long, um, the long trailer for this show, that the two, that the major fights, at least between Jen and Mary, seem to, at least in what we saw in the previews, seem to be the ones that we're seeing now based on what they're wearing um in relation to the uh in relation to the trailer because i remember specifically jen being in a cream suit in the trailer so the fight that you saw between her and mary in the trailer seems to be the one that we're going to see or the argument seems to be the one that we're going to see next week um so i think then we will probably see uh uh, things will probably get more into some of the stuff with the other ladies and that, that if I were to predict that's where we're going because obviously just based on what has already been put out there and again from the long trailer we're definitely going to circle back to uh, Meredith and her husband there is, I hope it, they won't focus too much on it because I can't stand them, but it, there is going to be some type of event that Meredith is going to be throwing, um, you know, so that they could, again, give airtime to Brooks, which Bravo has seemed interested in doing since they gave him a confessional. Um so we're definitely going to see that because he's trying to launch a fashion line. So I think that's going to be Meredith's big event because everybody gets at least uh, one big event. We saw Whitney's, we saw 
um, we saw Jen's, we saw, of course, this one was Mary's. So the next one will be Meredith. Um, and uh, I guess probably a trip. Every cast usually takes a trip. But again, first season, kind of tricky because they also don't get as, quite as many episodes. But this is only episode four. Seems like there's been a lot more, not in a bad way, like, oh gosh, this show is so, is dragging on. No, it just seems like there's been a lot more because they have given just a lot of action and storylines. Um, and, and not, and again, I appreciate it because it's interesting in a relatively short amount of time, they're trying to grab the audience fast, which would, which is good, but again, get it the freak off a of Wednesday. So, um, I, I still am holding to, uh, the fact that I don't think that it'll go more than 10 or 12 episodes because of it being a first season and we'll get a break, uh, there'll probably be at least, um, one break because of the holidays, although maybe not because Christmas or, and New Year's, neither of them are falling on a Wednesday night. So it could go straight through. Um, so they, they definitely have time for a cast trip and these ladies actually have money. And this was filmed, uh, over a year ago before COVID was a factor. So maybe we'll actually get a good trip, even though this is a first season, although Bravo pays for the trips, but we'll see. Um, seeing them travel together would be quite a hoot to say the least. So that is all I have for this episode. I hadn't expected for it to go this long, but I did do my little side note on Atlanta. If you guys are interested in me reviewing that uh, I'll think about it. I haven't reviewed Atlanta even on my blog in years because it's just not interesting to me. I will be reviewing the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion. I don't do the show. And again, the season's show was just so repetitive. It would have just been aggravating, but I always do the reunions. I will probably, um, in fact, I think it's pretty definite that I will do the reunions uh, live because I typically do them live on Facebook. So I will just record. Um, I'll do a direct upload as I do it live on Facebook. We'll do it live with you as I watch the show. So that is what I expect to come out of uh, Potomac, which starts next Sunday. So we've got a packed week. I do have another show, episode 41, with lots of gossip. There are some news items I've got to catch up on this week. And then, of course, we have the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City on Wednesday. Potomac reunion starts on Sunday. So it's not going to be nonstop December like nonstop November. But we're looking at probably at least three shows a week, It's at least while these reunions are going. And then um, we'll settle down into our uh a twice weekly pace but right now I'm enjoying it and I hope you are too thank you once again for tuning in I hope it was informative funny fun and you like hanging out with me as much as I like hanging out with you continue to listen on all platforms if you have Apple iTunes make sure that you go there and you give me five stars and leave me some good comments also um please subscribe on what ever um 
platform you listen on. I'm on all of them, including Amazon. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Be Honest JJ. That's L E T S B E H O N E S T J J for Just Jonda. And of course, on the Fashion and Drama Diaries on Facebook, where you can join in on the fun because we talk about stuff every day. And I also leave some goodies on there. There is also a special I'm going to leave in from uh, Bedroom Candy by Bubbles and Honey. This is a month of just lots of joy and Bedroom Candy certainly wants to participate in that with you. So we are having a pretty powerful sale on our lipsticks and those lipsticks are going to be buy one, get one 25% off. That is an exclusive offer through the Honey Bee and that is offered on this show. So I'm going to leave the details and the links where you can find them in the info box and just check out that line of amazing lipsticks and just go ahead and stay in touch with me. Let me know what you're interested in talking about. I definitely am interested in your feedback and as always, if you're thinking about it and want to talk about it, chances are I'm thinking about it and want to talk about it with you. So let's be honest together. Good night.